Hey, Adam. Yeah. Check this out. Okay. Ah. Huh. You like that? I love it. Is it innovative, though? Does that matter? Ooh. Let's explore. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music, advice, and discussion coming at you. Coming at you. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah. I get tagline. nervous when I, you see a twinkle in my eye when I'm thinking of well, maybe making an addition, an amendment, well, uh, an appendment. Here's the, here's the thing. An aperture. So we'll, we'll get, here's the problem, Peter, is okay. your improvised taglines, yes. sometimes they go on sort of the visual graphics the, f- the representation of the show, yeah. and then a year, two years go by, and we're looking at it, uh, you know, an email or a video that we put out, yeah. and it's a whole different tagline. <laughs> and if we're like, wait, did we really say that? We did, yeah, we for like a but month and a half. That's fun. It's like, you know, you're walking around, you take some pictures with your with your iPhone or Android, yeah. either one, yeah. and uh, then a year later, you're like, why did I take that? But it kind of takes you back to that place a little bit, right? Of the, of the <laughs> summer 2021, yeah. Summer 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? Yeah. So I'm I'm good. I'm yeah, good. Just enjoying um, that. I'm a little bit. Uh, oh, you know what I just realized? Producer Caleb is in the house as he always is, but he does look. He's looking at me like, why am I being? Why am I being well, mentioned on this show? We should mention him because he doesn't have a camera. He does not have a Caleb camera. That came for a while and it was very popular with our listeners. Yeah, you very see that little joke popular, there. Also it? popular with the viewers though, but it went it went like the way of the dodo bird. Yeah. I think it was a hard it was a hard thing to figure out <laughs> logistically. Was it though? <laughs> yeah, it's a shame because uh, you know. Leave a- leave it, leave something in the YouTube comments and and please stick around to the end because we have a very special announcement about YouTube that we're going to say at the end of the show. Oh, we but do. leave it in the YouTube comments, even if you're listening to this, if you want the Caleb cam back. So Peter, I think uh, we need the Caleb cam. I think we do need the Caleb cam. We might have to invest in that. What? Uh, but Caleb Cam aside, which that would be, if we got a permanent Caleb Cam, yeah. Cam, that would be a bit of an innovation for this show. And I think, segue, that's what we're talking about today. Oh, you know, sorry. <laughs> You're like, wink, wink, where well, are you? Come sorry, on, I'm, help I'm, me out, buddy. It. I can't yeah, yeah. do this whole thing by right. myself. <laughs> well, actually, one of our biggest episodes ever was you doing this whole thing by yourself. Turns out I can't. Thanks, Peter, for your service. <laughs> right. We're talking about, is we are talking about is innovation really the goal yeah yeah we've had some really good discussions in the last couple of weeks uh, we've had some interesting events happen in the last couple of weeks yeah. around the show and it seems to be just a popular um topic ongoing for especially in the jazz world like is this current generation innovative is this record is this player are people innovating what is innovation why like it almost seems more so than other genres right are blues people sitting around no the blues musicians are not saying is blues still innovative <laughs> like, like no is it still bluesy <laughs> yeah I, it doesn't really you're right it doesn't prog rock are they matter. talking about are they innovating prog rock i think it is a matter of concern over there okay, as well i think classical? probably classical music it is a matter of concern because that for for each one of those things their identity was innovation for so long yeah um as all art does in its you know a natural sort of birth living and death period of anything <laughs> right there are there's like areas of massive change that happen culturally and, and then this is always sort of connected i think erroneously i'm going to say but it's always connected to the is jazz dead 
uh, argument yeah, and thesis. Which, which I don't want to spend too much time no, no, no. on But I'm saying people will be like, jazz is dead because there's no innovation today, which I think is, is just sort of one of the ultimate or at least oft-repeated false narratives about the it's, music. Yeah, it's just not true, first of all, that there's no innovation. Ooh, I like that. It, it I, just definitely... Your dogma. Objectively <laughs> not. It, it, it's, it would be impossible for it to be true. Right. And... Uh, and yeah, and the dead. Would our thing, dear listeners be here with us talking about jazz the, if it was dead? I mean, first of all, I mean, if we really Maybe. want to break it down, just yeah. the word jazz for me is a bit of a problem at this point. When we talk about yeah. Paul Whiteman, we talking about <laughs> right. we talking about Kenny original, Kirkland, we talking about who we talking about Dixieland jazz man. Yeah, right, like exactly. that's it's too big of a word to be to be what you're talking about anyway. So it's both it doesn't a small matter word to me. and a big word. It's a small yeah. word. <laughs> it is a small word and a big word. So yeah. I don't want to get too far in that. And the other thing with interesting when we mention jazz is dead. We often, if we do a video talking about this idea, we get flooded with just comments. Like more people want to talk about this yes. than actually want to watch us talk about it. Right. So go like you can have your discussion uh, in the comments if you want to, but I don't think we really need to spend too much time about that because it's just not. It's not. It doesn't matter. And I think this is my point when I said like when you asked like is it innovative what I played and yeah. I said doesn't matter because I think a, a riper discussion is can you sort of like. Uh, can you force yourself to be innovative as a yeah. player, as an artist? Because that's what really this whole show is concerned yeah. of. Is like, well, first of all, let me just be growth, clear. like artistic growth. Yeah. But just real quick, yeah. Can you can you work on being innovative, and should you work on being innovative? Like, is that something you should spend your time thinking about? Because I would argue that the most innovative musicians that I am aware of didn't think about it in those terms exactly. The mo like the people who made innovations were not concerned with where they stood yes. innovation wise. A player plays, an innovator innovates. Okay. I think as as yeah. kind of a as a more of a byproduct of a creative spirit, right? right? It's not of an innovative spirit. That's correct. Um, I mean, who? Yeah, and so I think to answer, yeah. So we, as we examine this, is it the goal? Maybe, but it can't be the overt goal. Like in other words. Maybe it's the goal of the art form, which is nothing that anybody controls anyway, no, right? there's no it's, controlling that. There's no, yeah. So it's like, is innovation the goal of an individual artist? I think that when that becomes that, and I've certainly experienced that, like just on the micro level of like, I'm writing something, I'm just like, oh, that kind of sounds too bait. Let me try to innovate. Okay. So I don't even say it, but I start to do that. And I never, it never gets anywhere when I try to do that. That's right. So, so this is my first key point. So if you try to be an innovator, yeah. if you're like, okay, you know what, <laughs> for this one, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna super. Put on my black turtleneck. <laughs> I'm gonna do something nobody's ever thought of before. Yeah, I guarantee you're gonna write something or play something completely derivative and yeah. <laughs> void of any real human soul. Right. Because you're you're think you're you're now trying to intellectualize your way to something that should be felt. Right. Right. So if you really, I in my experience and opinion, if you really want to innovate, the easiest way to do that is to be as open to as many things around you in the present as possible and then to be as unblocked as those things are coming out of you as an artist right yeah. so to really try to put as little roadblocks between the things that are in your soul whatever that means to you or in your musical mind and get it to your audience as clearly as possible yes and if you can remain open especially as we age it gets really hard if you if you've been around for decades yeah. as we have now especially if you've, been, if you've been around the block going around the block we for sure it's over it's, and a, over it's again. a constant yeah. challenge i think it's easier when you're young and fresh and you don't know a lot right. to be innovative because you don't 
um, you don't know the really the rules of the game right. that well. So you could be like, ah, I kind of know what's going on here. Let's try this. And yeah. I, that so everything kind of seems innovative at that time too. Well, this is because what, you don't have that catalog of like, oops, that's already been done. You know? This is uh, in in Zen Buddhism is called beginner's mind. Yeah, right? and we've talked about this before. This beginner's, beginner's mind, mind is so valuable because. It helps you to get out of you know my, what you might think of as cultural restrictions or thought patterns that you've gotten yourself into, comparisons to other people, I should be this. When you're sort of younger or when you're starting out, you, you're you not in a place yet. So no. you, there's, you don't care about yeah. where you might end up. You just And then you can kind of experiment. That's why so much innovation happens in that space of more musicians who are experienced enough to have some technical prowess and a point of view, but aren't rigid enough yet to be set in their ways and not, you know, looking too much to the past or, or not enough to the past. Like all of that stuff can happen. There is a sweet spot. You know, I'm using age as an example, but it doesn't actually have to correspond with age at all. And it often doesn't. No, but it usually does. <clears throat> Sorry. Just because of life circumstances. So, right. Yeah. So I'm just a couple random people, mostly from stuff that I've been listening to the last couple of days, popping in my head. I'm not trying to make a, any statement with this or whatever, but this idea of keeping the beginner's mind, you know, as it relates to being an artist and getting older, whatever, a couple of people just came to mind. Menahem Pressler, who we just lost, an amazing pianist, yeah. founder of the Bozart Trio. Yeah. Herbie Hancock, yeah. who's very much with us. Uh, Wayne Shorter, who we recently lost. Beginners mind their whole lives. Yeah, and yeah. Igor Stravinsky. This is a random list. But the reason these four, because these are all artists that played well into their 80s or 90s in some cases, composing, writing, improvising, whatever it is. But like on a very basic level that I think is super important for this idea of innovation in the beginner's mind, you could see it. You could see the excitement. You could feel it. You could hear it. It doesn't matter how you interacted it with it, but that kind of innovative spirit that was not, it was the opposite of trying to be like, I'm going to innovate something. Yeah. But the goal wasn't that, but the byproduct or the, the the actual destination ended up being that more often than not with these artists. That's right. As they played, as they had fun, as they invited the listener in. Right. What you're and, des describing is a is a uh, embodied experience that they're mm -hmm. having. It's not an outcome based reality. Right. They're not saying, okay, we're going to do all this so that we can be innovative. That's right. death. That, that's that, right. that that's not good. Right. But and if, it's not to say that that people don't. It's not like you're either thinking that or you're not, you're succeeding or not. I think a lot of us, I know myself included, get stuck somewhere in the middle where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to just think about it, but you let little things creep in, you know, and I'm sure even Herbie Hancock that maybe creeps in every now, oh, we innovate or whatever. Like nobody's perfect when we don't, that's not the goal, right? Yeah. It's not to be perfect with these things, but it certainly can't be like your main sort of destination point. Like you set your GPS, I'm going to go here. Like when you hear... Wayne Shorter talk. And I would I would think that everybody who's watching could all agree. Yeah. Wayne Shorter, one of the most innovative people yeah. we've all had the pleasure Even of sharing. Even people that hate his playing are going to be like, well, he was innovative. Yeah, <laughs> one of the most innovative people we've all had the pleasure of sharing some time here in this life with, yes. right? And we've lost him, sadly, in the last couple months. But he, you never hear him really talk about like, well, innovation is, I'm trying to do, I'm, right. the goal was this. You know, there's more. He's almost always talking about experiences yeah. how his life is set up you know curiosity and yeah. delight honestly and that i think is a lesson for all of us that if we can keep our minds wide open as wide open yeah. as possible if we can really 
work on being as comfortable in our own skin as possible, to stay curious, to stay open, yeah. and then to really let go of any result or, or, or like our place in some kind of hierarchy or our place in the innovative spectrum and don't and don't let that dictate what you do. Oh, I can't play this because that's not innovative enough. Right. That is going to be a tough road to go. Like yes. that, you are not going to. It's, it's going to be hard to innovate. Yeah, just at all. Um, so because I think it'll come. I'm just remembering like Herbie Hancock. I remember hearing him play with Nancy Wilson at Carnegie Hall. It was Nancy Wilson's retirement concert, and they did a duet, a short thing together. And I'm even remembering more at the rehearsal what he played because I was like. I got a chance to stand right there. And it was something very, I don't remember what tune it was. It was like a standard. And it was like, Herbie was definitely not thinking, I'm going to be innovative here. But yet, there was so many cool little innovations. Even I mean, he was just playing like very basic stuff, uh, the accompaniment to a great singer in just a very simple way. Yeah. But he couldn't help it being innovative and interesting and engaged. And, yeah. you know, like, I, I mean... So I think that, yeah, it's just something, I mean, it's just like you're talking about Wayne Shorter talking, like he's never talking about innovation, but what he, even what he says when he doesn't, especially when he has a saxophone or the pen, you know, what he says is innovative. Well, there's a, there's a problem with, I think, if you start talking about innovation or you make that a, your goal, it's because it's subjective. It's yeah. completely subjective. Yeah. One of the- Yeah, somebody might've seen what Herbie did there and be like, see, derivative well, he was innovative of, on Headhunters in 1973, 100%. but that, he just sounds like a cocktail pianist. I'm like, okay, well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's, it's just your opinion, man. Yeah. No, one of the reasons why I quit Facebook- Hey, or man, quit, get your hands off my opinion. <laughs> quit using Facebook very much is I got in an argument with someone, I think it was the 20th anniversary of Radiohead's Kid A. Mm -hmm. which is an album, you know, I'm 44. Of course I love that album. It's right in my, my wheelhouse had a wheelhouse. I'm a jazz musician. Like It's it's literally sitting in your wheelhouse's wheelhouse. I moved to New York like the week it came out. It couldn't have been more of like a seminal record for me. Let me a, ask you just one more follow-up question. Yeah. Were you excited when Brad Meldar might have covered some Radiohead? Did oh, that excite you? Oh, do you think, Peter? Do you think I might have been excited? Is that excited part of your wheelhouse? Brad Meldar and Robert Glasper covered that shit? Yeah, of course I was. No, but so I, I'm in an argument. Uh, I get... Talking about how innovative that album was, and then someone's like, "Mate, that's just Boards of Canada ripped off." And then, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, Boards of Canada didn't didn't exist in a vacuum." And then someone was like, "Yeah, actually, that Boards of Canada reference is a rip off of this." And then, like, you could just keep going on back to the yeah. beginning of a drum somewhere, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's that's just, just one atom interacting but, with another. But atom. <laughs> actually, it just sounds like this. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, we, you know, if we think about innovation, we think about people like Thelonious Monk, right? Yeah. What was Monk's primary piano style? Stride. Stride. <laughs> right. And Barrel House, and which was 30, 40, 50 years before the bebop he was making. Even yeah. Ragtime. Monk had that Ragtime stuff in his playing. Yeah. That's decades and decades before. But it's not that he wasn't innovative. He took that and made something new out of it, you know? It's amazing. It's Dinah. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, it's a solo Monk. Just straight, straight stride. But it's these little... It's because he, obviously Monk, completely curious, in the moment, open person let himself come through in these things that he was open to when he was on this earth as a person yeah. learning how to play. And that's all we can do. That's and if he had even thought, like when he made Solo Monk, like, and he's doing Diamond. I can't do stride piano because it's been I gotta, done Because I got to be innovative. Yeah. Yeah. No, but yet there's innovation in how he does 100%. that. 100%. Which he wasn't worried about, you know. No, I think one more thing on that, uh, you know, saying, oh, it's just this. I remember my dad, uh, Bill Martin, saying- uh, The great Bill Martin. The great Bill Martin. 
he he got a chance to hear Keith Jarrett at kind of a famous performance. I think I've talked about it on the pod before in Italy yeah. at Umbria, the one uh, or one of the ones, but the main one that Keith Jarrett cursed out the audience and then refused to do the encore because somebody clicked the camera. You yeah. Know? So he was actually there. Him and my mom were there. So I remember my dad saying like. He's always been a big Keith Jarrett fan, but not not necessarily more. I like I look at his records. He's got like Monk. He's got a lot of great stuff, great taste in in jazz. But he's not like one of these people that like Keith Jarrett all day. But he likes him. This is his first time hearing him live. But I remember him. I was like, "How'd you like the show?" Outside of him cursing out and offending the Italian, because he said some kind of anti-Italian stuff, I guess. But um, my dad said, "Well, it was incredible." He's like, "That trio was amazing." He's like, "It was like they were playing like an." amazing like hotel lounge trio i was like what do you mean and he's just like they sounded like the greatest like band you'd ever hear in a hotel lobby just so great and i was like but he really did love it but, but what he, he meant he was, was like affectionate just, about it yeah. yeah he was just like they're playing standards in the form of like with a what, piano bass and drum no different than you might hear at the roma <laughs> hotel there yeah that's right totally right the wiki wiki room at the holiday Inn by the airport or whatever <laughs> i love but, that that's always your example is the wiki wiki i, I want that doesn't gig. exist Pete. i want that gig okay um but it, but it's just to say that like no that for, you know for a really you know astute listener nor for the artist on stage no one's thinking about innovation but i bet some innovation went down by the way nonetheless your dad would know i you know i shared a bill with your dad once on a, as a composer really because he usually walks up from the table whenever the bill is there he's rare to share. <laughs> no no uh the trombones the st louis symphony oh right i think he wrote a piece for he them he did right and as i did you i they commissioned me to write something and we were on the same concert but there was seven people at that uh concert there was 27 <laughs> modern maybe. classical music for trombone dude it was your there. dad's piece was Incredible, wow. and it was like talk about innovative. Was it innovative? Oh my gosh! Okay, it was like you know, mine sounded like a, a Madonna song next to his. <laughs> mine sounded so poppy. It was crazy. It was great. That's funny. Okay, yeah. so but somebody else that just jumped to mind was Jason Moran, who we don't talk about I enough know. on the pod. Pod, who to me, like when you talk about Brad Meldow, Robert Glasper, he's like, delightful. He kinda, Jason, yeah. Jason Moran, and I think he's a great example of like he's one of the most innovative. Yeah, actually, if you were to say who's the most innovative pianist of our generation, I might he might just pop to mind. Eric Lewis and, he, and him, maybe? yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but Jason Moran does not get up in the morning thinking about I'm going to innovate because he'll talk. I mean, like I learned so much stuff from hanging with him about some of the oldest oldest music pre. Like even what we think of as as jazz, James yeah. Reese Europe and that whole tradition the and stuff. Is, like he's steeped in the tradition. Yeah. Yet what comes out of the piano in his mind is I so think, innovative. I you think know? him and Ethan Iverson is the same way. For sure. Obviously a student of the game and yep. his you know, those bad plus records that he made in the two yep. thousands were some of the most, I think, innovative stuff of that Absolutely. decade for sure. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think you could I, I don't know. But Jason Moran, <laughs> that I saw him several times. They were playing at the Jazz Standard. Mm-hmm. Remember that club? What yeah. a great club. That was, did you I ever play it. there? You had yeah, 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 yeah. I did a couple I times too. I love it. And he, that was one of the best trio gigs I've ever saw. Mm. Uh, Taurus Mateen mm-hmm. and Nasheed uh, Waits. Nasheed Waits. Oh, his trio. That's one of the best trios of the last. Uh, they're definitely celebrated, but not enough because talking about inno- innovating. Man, yeah. and just like everything. Yeah. Like, just, but I can guarantee you that's not the goal. That is not the goal. Yeah. With, with the goal is to be open. The goal is to stay curious. The goal is to get to know yourself and trust yourself. The goal is to be comfortable with what you have to say. Yep. To get, make your voice stronger. The goal is to not compare yourself with other people, no. but just let it fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get excited and let that you know share that with the audience. Serve the music. Yeah, man. If if more musicians instead of worried about innovating and is jazz dead, we're worried about like how can I serve the music and the audience. Yeah. This thing, first of all, it, it will continue to grow and will continue to audience. Nothing. Well, 
thing is dead. This is this is exactly it. There's the the reason why you and you don't actually have to push for innovation. Yeah, it happens whether we want it to or not. That's it right. would be impossible for it not because conditions change around human beings every single minute, and then that changes to every single day, week, month, year, decade. Things are different from between now and the 90s, between now and the 80s, between now and the 70s. They just are. So we are different people making different things. It's yeah. going to happen no matter what. So you do not have to put some kind of false weight to it. Like, we got to really be concerned with this. We yeah. do not because it's going to happen. Kids are going to want to push back against what adults are going to do. Uh, uh, old men are going to complain about it. It's yep. the cycle of life. It's been <laughs> happening since the dawn That's of time. What keeps it there hasn't been a generation that hasn't pushed back a little bit from what the people older than have, have done. And then there hasn't been that older generation that hasn't then complained about that pushback in some way. It's going to just keep happening. You got to exactly. accept it. Yeah. And I mean, as long as you have great artists striving to do great things, and as long as our culture allows that, first of all, don't take that as a given. Because we've, you know, in, in my lifetime, we've seen in different parts of the world, in different countries, and even now as we're speaking, you know, suppression of art, yep. suppression of you can't forget about innovating. You can't say this. Yep. Let me see your lyrics before you perform. You think that that can't come back or isn't happening somewhere? It is happening right now. Yeah. So as long as we protect that, let's worry about making sure there's freedom and that arts are celebrated, that we have music education. The innovation will come. Because even if we look historically, well, like within jazz, the biggest innovations a lot of times are caused by external random, not random, but like well, technology, the end of technology, 100%. the end of World War II. Like yeah. that certainly had something to do with B-Bop, cultural shifts, cultural shift, sure. but, you know, rock and roll, you know, influence on question. the music, the whatever. The freedom of art, artistic expression yeah. is an interesting one because that's also something that is constantly in flux and also just constantly, you know, in a cycle of, you know, repression, freedom, you know, liberation, all of this stuff. Yeah. It's not it's not like, you know, Beethoven just had he could do whatever he wanted. Like he was he was in a very much a person of his culture. Yeah. You know, and it's not like Art Tatum. He was free in a sense, but he's still in a culture that is kind of putting him in some boxes that he yeah. is trying to, you know, we're all trying to navigate just as humans with desires that we have that aren't just always about like yeah. expression. So yeah. that's an interesting discussion maybe for another episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this was fun. Agreement. Let's talk agreement. This Let's, was the big YouTube thing. Yeah. We have moved from a should have, be nice to have to requirement phase of uh. the gentlemen and ladies agree agreement. If you've made it this far... <laughs> Wait, we were just talking about cultural oppression, Peter. <laughs> we're going to culturally oppress you right now. Sorry. Oh, my God. But this is the good kind because this is free. It only takes you a second. Right now... <laughs> good kind of cultural oppression. <laughs> it's not you even cultural must. Oppression. You must. Subscribe and like and leave a is. comment. No, we can be free, but still... Uh. Look, if you, what happens if you go out and you're driving around your city right now aren't you agreeing you're there's an implicit agreement that you're going to abide by the laws of like stop at the stop sign are you serious don't run right kids now? over yes i'm serious let's start this one over no no, <laughs> no but i'm you know what i'm saying like you're you're implicitly agreeing that you're gonna like be a part i mean do you can you speed can you drink and drive of course you have the freedom to gotcha. do that but it's not right so can you not <laughs> adhere to the gentleman the ladies agreement yes you could but do you really want to, you know, you want to be that person? You want to be that, that guy or that gal? Exactly. Yeah. So all we ask is that you go to YouTube. <laughs> the barrier is so low. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just go to the go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. What else do we want to do? Leave a comment if you want to say something. That's not even the required part. All you got to do is subscribe and show Actually, some love over there. If this you wanna, is go to YouTube and we'll know you're paying here. attention. Yeah. If you, instead of putting agreement adhere, adhere to, yeah. put uh, 
stopped at the stop sign. That'll be the, the code for today. Stop That's the, the agreement. Because you just mentioned the stop sign of yeah. the traffic. But you right? know what? I don't want to be a hypocrite because I'm going to be honest. I roll through some stop signs. This guy. Sorry, I do. Roll it back. We're doing this one again. <laughs> stop at the stop sign. Stop I like at the that. stop sign. That's for this That's episode. For we'll That's know you watched all the way to the end if you put stop at the stop sign. Oh, mercifully, you're saying this is the end. Mercifully, yes. <laughs> You'll hear it.